Let's open in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together. Call us as your family, as your children, that we may come and learn more about you, that we may celebrate the death of your son as a, as a gift that frees us from sin. Lord, we, we ask you as we're here together that your word may become part of our, our every being and that every time we look at your word that we understand a little more and more. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship our Lord. You know, in today's um, world that we're living in, we're seeing the compassionate side that we just heard from Linda. We have the protesting and violent side that's going on. And this morning's devotion, nail on, or hammer on the nail, compassion and love. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Charles Allen once made the statement, some people seem to have such a passion for righteousness that they have no room for compassion for those that have failed. He prays that it would never be true of us. God our Father has shown us such great kindness and gentle mercy. May we ever reach out to the lost with compassion and love to bring them gently to Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, was moved with great compassion for them because they were weary and scattered, like sheep without a shepherd. And there's this line from an unknown poet, lines actually, just to be tender, just to be true, just to be glad the whole day through just to be merciful, just to be mild, just to be a trustful as a little child, just to be gentle, kind, and sweet, just to be helpful with willing feet, just to let love be our daily key. That is God's will for you and me. And the hope for today, Lord, may I, may we never forget the depths of which he has reached out and touched our lives.
be seated. Our Old Testament scripture today comes from Ezekiel 33, verses 7 through 11. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins. I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them and repent, and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from their wicked ways. O people of Israel, why should you die? And if you'd like to say the Lord's Prayer together, just think of the words of the Lord's Prayer as we say them together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Sure, it's everywhere. Open my heart and 
Testament reading comes from Romans 13, 8 through 14. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. This is the most urgent for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will be soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, close yourself Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. And if you take your bulletin, we have a responsive reading. May you always have work for your hands to do. May your pockets hold on sooner too. May the sun shine bright on your window pane. May the rainbow be certain to follow each rain. May the hand of a friend always be near you. And may God fulfill your heart with gladness to cheer you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, you call to us to give back, and we know that everything belongs to you. So, Lord, we hope that the gifts that we give today will be used to further your kingdom, will reach out to someone who doesn't know you or someone in need who does. Lord, may, may the gifts, may you bless them and may be, be guided by you in the right way to use them. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, pastor. Today we have a visiting pastor. His name is Gerald Haglin. <laughs> You may recognize him when he takes off his mask. He's coming up incognito. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, Jerry. Well, I trust all of you have been well. And uh, it's great to see you again. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this congregation of such special people, Lord. As that country song, I believe, said, we are people who need people. We are the luckiest people in the world. Father, so thank you for this opportunity to share and to study your word together. We commit this time to you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen, amen. 
Well, today I'm going to talk about work. I know you can hardly wait to hear that. And, um, well, it's interesting because uh, there have been a few times when I, and, and I have worked with my hands, believe it or not. I haven't been a pastor forever, of course, but I, I worked on the farm for many years. And uh, I worked with bricklayers who could be obnoxious at times if the brick wasn't in the right place or the mortar wasn't the right thick thinness. I uh, worked with a concrete company that poured concrete and I worked with a company that laid blacktop roads. So uh, uh, I don't want you to think as my sister-in-law, Darlo, said one time, she said, Jerry, she said, uh, you only work on Sundays, right? And I said, no. I said, I work several hours before Sunday. There's a passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 and 20, and uh, I don't have those in front of me right now, but I'll read them later. Um, It talks about work. And this is Labor Day weekend. And uh, there's an old country western song that said, take this job and shove it by uh, Johnny Paycheck. I see somebody nodding their head. Well, during the recession of the early 1980s, someone said that the new version of the song was been changed to say, shove that job, I'll take it. When we all were looking for work, of course. a young college graduate who was interviewing for his first job and the HR director asked him what he was looking for and the young man explained that he was wished to start with a salary of a hundred thousand we have a corner office his own secretary the HR guy responded by offering to add a matching dollar for dollar to his 501k as well as a new automobile of his choice and he looked he looked at the young man and he asked, how that sounded? And the young man replied, are you kidding me? Of course, the guy said, I am, but you started it. So here are some of the employee reviews that were floating around on the Internet. I looked them up. Uh, one said, this employee is, much, is really not much of a has-been, but more of a definitely won't be. Or this young lady has delusions of adequacy, or she sets low personal standards and then consistently fails to achieve them. If you give him a penny for his thoughts, you would get change. I think, and by the way, I'll just say up early that uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, the curse was not on the work. I'm sorry to say to you that I was confused about that myself. I worked on construction, and like I told you, and so I, I know what hard work is, and we have a grandson, Sean, Brad's son, who now works uh, 
in a tree company, and he worked very, very hard. He comes home very dirty and very, very tired. But um, I, too, worked hard. And, uh, but I remember getting up some mornings, and I was so tired. I blame Iris for that, because I stayed up late before dating her. And, uh, but I was very tired, and I used to say, oh, Lord, please, why did you do this to me and make me work? Well, I'm glad to work. I've always been glad to work. And um, I don't want you to throw tomatoes at me, but uh, do you look forward to going to work each day? Yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, I do, I did, and I do, even now as I prepare for Sunday. But um, I think what's important for us to understand and, and to get into our lives is that our work is something that we do for God. Not an employer, uh, but for him. When I was preparing this message, I wasn't preparing it just for you, but I was preparing it because of my commitment to him. Your job, our jobs, are a big, big deal to God. It's important for him. First Thess and Second Thessalonians, I should say, chapter 3, it says, We hear that some among you are idle. Busy, they are busy bodies. Wow. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. Let me read just a couple of more passages. The Bible, as I said, has a lot to say about work. Make your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you, may, you will not be dependent on anybody. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Another one in Proverbs, of course, Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless man goes hungry. God has given us the gift of work. Now, I know, I feel like you, and I have felt like you. But there are several reasons why people are not happy with their jobs. Some feel underappreciated by their employers. Others follow the career path for somebody else. And some did it for the money, while others chose the road of least resistance. And more people are changing careers in midlife than ever before. But God gave the curse. It wasn't on Adam and Eve. It wasn't on work. What it was, was made work hard. The soil became hard to cultivate. And uh, 
he charged man, Adam, with responsibilities. It says that by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested all the work of creating that he had done. Day one, God gave Adam responsibilities to complete uh, in the Garden of Eden. Uh, what happened when Adam and Eve sinned is they found themselves banished, of course, from the Garden. And this is what God said to Adam, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. I remember as I was writing this that when I was working on the farm, uh, we raised oats on the farm that I was on, and uh, every year we'd have to walk out in the middle of the oat fields because thistles would grow up, and we had to cut those patches out before we did the combining. And uh, so I thought about that. I, I, I would say, God, it's Adam's fault that we have to go out here and cut these. So it's important distinction to know that God didn't curse work. What did is that God cursed the ground and he made the work hard. So getting the results was a very laborious, laborious task. Let me just think, let me share some ways that we should look at our work. We need to look at our job as a bridge. A bridge to accomplish some great things. It's a bridge for building a good reputation. Someone wisely said every job is a self-portrait of the person who does it. So we should autograph our work with excellence. So it's a bridge for building a good reputation. And it's a bridge for meeting the needs of other people. Philippians chapter 2, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. That was in Galatians 6. And then in Philippians 2, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Our president, Theodore Roosevelt, said, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I like that. Why do we work? It's a bridge for building a good reputation. Secondly, it's a bridge for meeting the needs of other people. And third, it's a bridge for introducing Jesus Christ to other people. When I worked on construction job, uh, people knew my relationship to Christ and I was referred to teasingly as Deacon Jerry. They would say, here comes Deacon Jerry. And uh, I, I never did anything to make them. 
I never said anything I should say to make them uncomfortable, but uh, I, I, I trust that it was my lifestyle that caused them to say that. I wasn't the kind of guy that preached to everybody or handed out tracts to everybody, but I attempted to live a life that demonstrated Jesus Christ, and I worked hard. I worked very hard. Colossians chapter 4 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of your op- every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. <clears throat> I apologize to you this morning. I have a problem with my back and it is screaming so I'm going to have to sit down here in a minute or so but um, I want to tell you about somebody that had an unusual way of sharing his faith he, um, he didn't have much of an education he didn't have much income he began tending to church his name was Albert he was the kind of a guy that you could overlook in a crowd, kind of a wallflower. But the pastor of the church had an eye on people like that. And so he gave Albert a very important job at the Baptist church. And, he's, and his responsibility was to light the heater in the baptistry every morning. And if you forgot to do that, the water was very, very cold for the people that were being baptized. But um, he drove a milk truck for many, many years, and then he began selling life insurance. But he had an ingenious way of sharing his faith. He didn't preach at people. He didn't hand out tracts, but uh, always carried a book of matches with him. And when the guys he worked with were ready to light up a cigarette, he would light a match and light the cigarette for them always shocked them or surprised them. But it was his way of letting them know that he cared about them. So they would ask him, why are you carrying matches all the time? And he said, well, every Sunday morning I light the church heater in the baptistry. And uh, that's why I carry the matches. And then he would go on and introduce Christ. So we need to use, to view our job as a bridge and view our job as a building project. Two very strong passages that talk about that in Colossians chapter three, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward It is the Lord Christ you are serving. (laughs) When I was writing this, I was thinking, it's important as a Christian, it's more important how you do, how we do, what we do, than what we do. 
how we do the job that we have as a testimony. We work hard. We do our very best as a testimony. <clears throat> Another passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I won't read the whole section, but for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stone, his work will be shown on that final day. We need to stop and just let that passage soak into our lives. Three men were working side by side, and each man was asked why he did what he did. And the first man answered that he was working for a certain amount of money. The second man said he was a bricklayer and did so to pay off hospital debts. And the third man said he was building a great building for the worship of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 says, Then I realized that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink, and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him. I want to close with a story about Mother Teresa. Most of us, I think, recognize that name. She worked in missionary in Calcutta, Calcutta, India. A person was interviewing her, and her job was to minister to people who were dying, and asked her about her feelings of being used of God to minister to the poor. Her work was known and still known worldwide. This is what she said. She said, but this is his work. I think God wants me to show his greatness by using my nothingness. God wants to show his greatness by using my... Thank you for this morning and for your word. Father, thank you for the work that you've given us, and I thank you for the opportunity that I've had to serve here, and we've had to serve here, Lord these 12 plus years. As I say, I thank my God upon every remembrance of this church. Thank you now. Prepare our hearts for this communion as we remember and celebrate what your Son has done for us. In Christ's name, amen. I don't know what happened. I, it must be that straw mattress that I live sleep on. Father, we do thank you for this table.
You are such a great, awesome, wonderful God. We thank you for what you have done for us, and most of all, for providing your son to be a sacrifice for us. He gave his life, sacrificed himself, Lord, that we might know the forgiveness and freedom that comes from you. Thank you, Father. Prepare our hearts, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. When he took the bread, we've done this so often, we should know it by heart. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my name. Often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Father, we do this today. We do this today in remembrance of your Son. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You just make your way to the front, take a piece of bread and a cup, and then go back to your seat. Thank you. Father, we thank you for the great sacrifice that your son made for us. And as we eat and drink together, Lord, we do so remembering the price that was paid that we could be forgiven today and are forgiven today. Thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup. He said, in this cup is the new covenant. My blood. Do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together remembering the sacrifice he made for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you've done for us through your son because we do pray in his name. Amen. Jesus Christ. 
Father, let us as we go out today, as we go spend out this week, let us remember what a glorious and mighty God you are. How, we how everything we do, we, we should be doing to honor you and doing in a way that makes you, that we are, you can be proud of us as your children, Lord. Let us Take our work, not for granted, but that you have put it there for us to learn, to grow, to, to serve. Lord, so as we, as we go out, let us be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God be with you till we meet.